about the best. You're talking about the Macho King. Better than the best. That's what I said. Tell them. Better than the best. Better than the best. Better than the best. Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Canada Day, yesterday, and then we got American with Independence Day. Day. Yep. Yeah. So it's quite the celebration. We our our Canada Day is basically like yours, except we didn't have to fight the British. We just decided we weren't going to get on the boat and go back. Right. And the Queen said, "All right, you can have that wasteland. No one cares about it anyway." And so. there's like three provinces I was reading on it, it kind of or three giant territories, right? That it separated yeah. out in like you established your territories at that point. And then so it was kind of the formation, the official self-formation of Canada, right? Like whoever was here, there's these three territories. That's what Canada Day is, right? Like you became Canada by itself. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like we 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 finally became our own nation, our own sovereign, independent nation. And of course, the Queen, we pay homage to the Queen. The Queen, you know, as, as much as people want to argue about monarchies and things of that nature, we we don't bow down to the Queen. We don't, you know, adhere to absolutely everything she says, but we pay honor to her and 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 homage because she she gave us the country. She, she basically signed it over and said, go ahead, you guys can do this and, and gave her her, her blessing and, and and we thank her for it. That's the Canadian thing to do is to thank them for it. For sure. For sure, man. Yeah. I mean, it's peaceful separations. All that is just kind of nice and chill. Right, buddy? I mean, it's it, there's, no need, there's no need, but you made me think of something as you mentioned a word about bowing down to the queen. And I'm going to see if I can put this on real quick for you, but uh, it's going to take me a second to. Were you listening to the hip? Did you listen to the hundredth Meridian? I did. And what do you think of the hip? You know what, dude, the tragically hip. It's interesting because they aren't punk. Um, And they're not rock and they're not metal. They're kind of their own. They're their own. They're the, they're just kind of their own thing. Like they're just kind of. Yeah, it's good. It's actually really interesting music, man. They're good musicians. Let's put it that way. They're very good musicians. The first album, Road Apples, okay, their first album, there is not a bad song on that album. Now, I will tell you this. They do not have an album in which I do not know all the songs and all the lyrics to. These guys, fantastic. And then if you know the story behind Gord Downey, the lead singer, right? Uh He didn't consider himself a uh a singer in a rock band he considered himself a poet yep and then uh if if you know he uh he recently passed away a few years ago 
uh, at a really early age, he had uh, a brain tumor that was uh, taking away his memories. So they went on tour for one last time and he had to use a teleprompter because even though, and this is a band, you have to understand that in the 80s, 90s, and oh, geez, all the way up to about 2011 or 12, when he started to feel like something was wrong, they, they toured every, I bet every freaking weekend, every weekend they toured. I, I probably saw them live 15 different times. I saw them at Sunfest. I saw them at a bar. I saw them in the stadium. I saw them. They played any and everywhere. The opening of a letter they would play, right? For like, sure. And these, these were Canada's rock band. If you went to university in the 90s or 2000s, if you went to any bar or club in the 90s or 2000s, you heard these guys rocking out. and they Live got, at some point. They, they, you know what they used to do? They used to show up at bars. And we had this happen at the bar that I worked at. It wasn't them, but they used to show up at bars and they would like, uh, on the marquee, you would say, oh, uh, you know, uh, Death Ponies, uh, Signature Slam. Oh, and uh, I can't remember what it was, but it was... Uh, it was like some, uh, the artful tip or something like that. I can't remember. I don't hold me to that. And, and so you'd get there and you're drinking with your buddies and all of a sudden, you know, and you're like, yeah, the bands are really good today. I wonder who these, you know, artful tip guys are that comes on and they would fucking come on and they would play 150 to 150 people in the middle of a dive bar and they yeah. would rock for like three and a half hours and just blow yeah. the roof off the place. Right. Yeah, you every time and I get emotional, I'm getting emotional now speaking about it because it's really tragic if you go through the lyrics and, you know, there's so many different interpretations. It's such a visual, like a mind opening experience when you read the lyrics and you hear about the different things that he's talking about and, you know, uh, uh, drive-ins rained out. The weatherman, he wet fingers the storm, he pokes sure. it out, pulls it in doesn't know why right when you hear you know all of these different you know the weather vane jesus and you know you what know, i mean we discussed this a little bit matt a, a couple i don't remember dude we talk all the fucking time whatever yeah. one of one of the conversations we had that that's making me think of of this is we talked about the difference between listening to music and enjoying the music itself but then a band at some point catches enough of your attention to where you start paying attention to the lyrics and that's where you kind of start consolidating the type of music you like, right? And Tragically Hip, for you, obviously, is, from a lyric standpoint, something that you really enjoy. Like, I got into folk music a lot, obviously, because of the acoustic guitar. Like, I listen to a lot of acoustic stuff, right? So even though I enjoy metal, I'm more on the acoustic side. And the folk stuff start I started listening to was a lot of Mumford & Sons, Lumineers, things like that. But it was because of the lyrics. Like, I like the music, but then you start listening to the lyrics, and you connect with that, right? Now, I guess with tragically hip he's telling us his life story almost right like well, he's and there's there's like the 50 mission cap that's a song and uh it's about a toronto maple leafs player uh the last goal he ever scored won the leafs the cup i was in like 1953 the year he was discovered no so and then and then the guy mysteriously died Mm -hmm. Right. And there's all this kind of rumors and speculations about it. There's a handful of other songs where he wait, uh, talks wait, about get into that a little bit. What's the conspiracy with this hockey player that scored a win game winning goal in the Stanley Cup and then disappeared? I, I don't know the stuff. exact I don't know the exact story, but there was uh, I, he 
he uh, passed away mysteriously under weird circumstances. I think he drowned or something like that when he was fishing. I, I can't remember. Don't hold hmm. me to anything I'm telling cool. you. Yeah. But it was, it, was, it was something along those lines. There's another one that they do. It's called Locked in the Trunk of a Car. And they talk about this serial killer who was running through Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And he was, you know... Uh, I he just was actually... saw, um, what was his name? The Sleepy... No, I can't remember. I, we were just watching a true crime thing. And they mentioned that serial killer. And they, because they were talking about how... In the 50s and 60s, you know, there were serial killers. And then once Ted Bundy came out, he kind of established what every serial killer, everybody imagined as a serial killer. But they started going into the different, you know, the grandma, you know, like the, just the, that serial killers could be anywhere kind of thing. It was really interesting. And they talked about that Manitoba, Saskatchewan serial killer on there. I mean, just it, it was. Yeah, yeah. like. It, it was it was it was it was really scary during those times, right? Because back then we were such a smaller country. So mm. when something like that happened, it affected. I mean, and everything really affects us all up here, right? We're only thirty-eight million people, but you know what? It feels a lot closer. It's like Humboldt, Saskatchewan, a few years ago. That poor hockey team that was uh, killed on the bus. I mean, that sure. that completely ripped through the hearts of every single Canadian. And as I talk about the tragically hip and Gore Downey and and how he spoke about uh, our country, the good things and the bad, mm -hmm. the good things and the bad. I mean, and he was blatant about how we treated our uh, indigenous and Métis. And, you know, there, there's a handful of songs that he wrote and, and people are rocking out and they're singing. And it's like, if you actually listen to what he's telling you, he's talking about how we poorly treated these people. Or he's talking about how uh, a guy escaped from the prison and him and his father and somebody else were out looking and the sheriff was banging on the door at one in the morning, somebody's loose, this and that. Right. And they were checking doors and stuff. You know, this is, it, it's this, it's, it's, it's the music of our country and it's emotional and it's fucking hard rock and mm -hmm. it's fantastic and it's toe tapping. And I mean, man, he talks about new Orleans is sinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And he, he talks about how, you know, there's so many different, man, I could, I, we could do an entire episode where I just tell you about every single one of my favorite songs and they're basically every single one of them. Right. I mean, I, this is what I tell you, uh, go on uh, Spotify, go on YouTube, wherever you get your music from, check out the tragically hip, start with the album, the road apples, and you can turn on any one of their songs, right? Some of my favorite ones are like long time running and, and uh, little bones and twist my arm and stuff like that. And uh, then, then get into, you know, fully completely. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you, if you are a fan of rock and roll and you like lyrics, you're going to absolutely love these guys and you're going to fall in love with them just like I did too. And keep in mind, I mostly listen to fog hat, deep purple, black Sabbath, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, you know, uh, yeah, your favorite station, your number one preset on your truck was yeah. Ozzy's boneyard. Mm -hmm. That's it. So going from left to right on your dial with, uh, I can tell you, so my first set of presets on, because okay. I've got Sirius as well. So what are yeah. your presets on your first page not having to scroll? 25, 26, 27, 38, 18, and 74. Okay. And what are each of those? Okay. So 25 is, what is it? Classic rock. And then 26 is classic vinyl. Mm -hmm. 27 is deep tracks. So it's the B-sides. Right. And 
man, sometimes it's really good. Sometimes yeah, it's good. really good. Sometimes yeah. it's like bleh. it's hit or miss. It's like coffee yeah. shop which is hit or miss, where you'll get one or two yeah. good songs and then you have to switch it off. Like as yeah. you're scanning, you'll hit it. Oh, that's good. And then the next one sucks. Or you'll get one good one and then you'll switch off of it. And then uh, um, uh, 38 is Ozzy Oz, Ozzy's Boneyard. And then, of course, the Beatles channel. And then I switch between either 71 and 74. One is the blues and one is uh, simply Sinatra. Yeah. And I do that. That last one is also kind of my rotation piece. That's that last one. But I do. It's literally eight, nine. <laughs> and then my daughters took over my number three, which was my my classic vinyl. Um, and they put TikTok radio on there, unfortunately, but they're in the truck all the time. So they get a station and then it's NFL. And then the last one I rotate either Beatles jazz pearl jam you know like all all yeah, just depends on the my rotation piece yeah like okay i feel like listening to this and then i just store it in there in that way that's what i'll listen to and it might be a couple days it might be a week it might be just a little bit but that last one i rotate through dude speaking of the tragically hip of tragedies and tragic uh, are you trying to make that a segue i am that's not bad here. <laughs> not Here's my segue. Let's see if this works, buddy. We're going to see how this sounds. All right. Ready? Okay. Apparently, it's. <laughs> He's, Bruce has got to pay for Wi Fi. Please send. It's not, not Wi Fi. It's connected, <laughs> it's connected oh, to my speaker the out best. there. That's the best. It's like when my wife starts up a truck and I'm on the phone and my phone goes, oh, Bluetooth. And suddenly I'm like, hello, hello. And they're talking to my wife, right? So oh. I probably just scared the shit out of my wife out in the backyard while she's chilling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see. Hold on. And I had it right there. All right, here we go. We used to be able to connect, uh, we used to, be able to, connect to my neighbor's Bluetooth speaker. Oh. And every now and then, every now and then I would connect. And then I would hold the volume all the way up and then I crank on some maiden. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I've got all my stuff on my Wi-Fi. So the Sonos, that's what's cool about Sonos. It's it's all Wi-Fi passed on as opposed to Bluetooth. Yeah. So you can be on your phone, you can do everything, but like if you answer a call or if you're recording something, the music is still on there and people can't connect to your Bluetooth, which is nice. So here we go. Let's see if this works. Okay. us to our sponsor <laughs> <laughs> the princess bride can be found on audible.com or audibletrial.com slash packers without borders 
Give it a click. Give it a click. I'm telling you, clickety, click, click, click. It doesn't cost you a dime. Just click on that link just one time for me. That's all you need to do. You don't have to punch in your credit card or anything. If you click on that link, we get paid. That's how it works. All you have to do, click that link. And then if you use Audible, if you if, if this is money. something you already use, because <laughs> like my kids, my, my wife and kid, they, they share a, a, an Audible uh, a subscription, right? For sure. So because between, you know, between they just use one tablet and then they got their books on there. Right. So if you already do it, if you click through us, man, man, we get paid. Yeah, we get paid. We can give you more debauchery. I will come up with new games such as how many monkeys can fit in Bruce's living room. I don't know. 63 Uranuses. (laughs) No, 63 years fit in Uranus. Um, dude, I, I, I want to thank, I'm just real quick. I'll, I'll give a little shout out to our new Patreon. Uh, Mina, thank you so much for supporting the show. $5 a month. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Just really appreciate Love it. it. Love yeah. it. Appreciate so, it. Speaking we'll of do... garbage, the okay. Prince S of putrescence. Okay. Boom. Not sure where you're going with this. What we're doing is we're going to start from the bottom up and we're going to compare the Packers to each of the NFC opponents that we've got. Oh, right. North. Do you want to, do you want to do that? And then we'll do the trivia or do you want yes. to do the trivia now? No, trivia, they're going to have oh, to we'll make them wait. Yeah. 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 I hate that shit. Yeah. Make them wait. Yeah. yeah. yeah You're going to yeah, have to yeah. listen to us for a whole hour, almost 56 it's a, minutes. It's a three hour special. <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a mega marathon in, t- in one We're day. Jerry Lewis has got nothing on this telethon, baby. We're gonna be on straight through till Tuesday. That's it. We're going seventy two <laughs> straight hours. Yeah. All right. I just I just need more caffeine. So here's what I did. I uh, went on PFF and and Jeremy, I apologize. I cannot look at individual game stats on this. Um, he wanted to find out what uh, Devondre Campbell did against the Bears. He was, he's, I can't look at the specific numbers. He was an 82 and an 86 specifically in both of those games, buddy, just so you know, but it doesn't break down the specific stats that he had, but he played well, just, just so you know. But even before that, it was interesting that I'd said that maybe it was just because I I tweeted out that I was looking at stats, right? So I'm, we're going to compare the NFC North opponents to the Packers position by position. And I want to get your thoughts. All right, because I think it paints a better picture of the reality of where we are. Because I do trust PFF stats and their grades. They're pretty good at bringing in a lot of stuff. You, I, I try to compare that along with, I've got, you know, pro, pro football reference, different sites that kind of look at different things to come up with, with what I decide is my opinion on a player. But PFF is a good start. So we're going to compare the Bears to the Packers to start off with. Now, do you want to start off with strengths and weaknesses of each team, or do you want to just go straight into the grades and and talk Let's positions? Just, well, okay. What have the Bears really got this year? Um, they moved a lot of parts around so that they could pick up more defensive players, but those defensive players were later round picks, right? Because they kept trading back. So they're going to have Justin Fields. We're probably going to see a lot more of a run game and less pressure on Justin Fields. Um, if anything, he's going to be doing a lot of bootlegs. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, see, I have a hard time believing that they're going to do. Right? 
Yeah, like I have a hard time believing they're going to do anything better than third this year. Like I, it's soft tanking is what they're doing. You know, I think this is like a reset where they're like, okay, listen, almost like what the Lions did last year, right? right. Where they go, okay, listen, we need to fill the stables. Let's fill the stables with studs because all these studs after this year, next year will be really good, right? It's just like imagine, imagine Stokes this year after a whole year of experience, he's going to tear it up. Right. I, I have a hard time believing the Bears will do anything other than mediocrity. I think it's going to be a seven and 10 team at best. Oh, dude. Vegas has them at six and a half. And I don't think they get to five, man. Like, I genuinely don't. Yeah. I, I, it's just every go. now and then the sun does shine on a dog's ass and somebody wins a game they shouldn't. And so I think to myself, okay. The Bears are going to win six games this year, and then they'll win one that they shouldn't, where somebody throws in interception that kills it or kicks a field goal. You know what I mean? It'll be where would you put your money then? So let's say you had five thousand dollars, you would seven. go you would bet the over. So ninety-five percent of money Jeremy, is in the under. Jeremy, mark that down. Matt has the over at six and a half wins for the Bears, and I've got under. All right. Yeah. So on PFF, they had. Pretty good, man. They had a little article on the biggest strengths and the biggest weaknesses for each of the teams in the NFL. So I pulled up the Bears and the Packers, obviously. Um, but here, the biggest strengths for the Bears, and it says it shouldn't be surprising for a team coming in at 30th overall on the list. So they've got them ranked as the 30th best team. Only two teams worse than the Bears at this point on PFF, according to their grades. But... There's not a lot to choose from. Chicago secondary has an opportunity to be much improved following the additions of Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon in the draft and slot cornerback Tavon Young in free agency. So all new. That's the biggest strength is hoping that what they drafted is going to turn out, right? Because they've got really nothing on there. We'll get into the grades of all these players. Now, even that requires a fair bit of projection. Jalen Johnson improved his PFF grade by nearly 10 points to 64.3, being clear 64.3 is average, right? 70s good, 80s great, 90s elite. That's kind of the word. So he improved from bad to average or from, from bad to, yeah, from bad to average. And took a second season out of Utah. The Bears will be looking for another jump this season. So their bigness strength that, that PFS has according to grades um, is their secondary with two guys that they picked up in the draft and a third that they picked up in free agency. What are your thoughts on, do you honestly believe that two rookies and a free agent coming in are going to cut it for the secondary of the bears? I think that there's definitely going to win them seven games. Okay. All right. <laughs> so the biggest weakness that they have here in describing the supporting cast around Justin Fields. So there's still a lot of hope Just, around. Yeah. The biggest weakness they have is the 51 other players. You're absolutely exactly. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and exactly the what they're saying and here. The GM. <laughs> the biggest yeah. witness is the biggest weakness is that they're Chicago bears. You're right. Right. So obviously, now when we get into the individual position grades, Justin Fields versus Aaron Rodgers isn't even a debate. It's not even a question. We don't have to even get into that. Like it's no, nope. no, nope. 
Nope. There's a lot of hope that Justin Fields is going to take Let's, a big leap. He will never, he will not take the leap and become Aaron Rodgers. So that's a check mark in the quarterback column for the Packers, right? Yep. No doubt. Yep. Done. Second position group that I've got on here is the running backs. Aaron Jones had an 82 overall grade for the entire year. AJ Dillon an 86.2 overall for the full year. The two starting running backs that I've got, and these are all projections, right? Of what I'm thinking might be the, the starting for both, which was not easy, but David Montgomery obviously is the lead back. And then I've got Khalil Herbert. That kid showed some signs a little bit. I remember him fantasy scoring some points. Montgomery is the workhorse, but Montgomery, because he is the workhorse, he'll get injured a couple of games. It it, it happens, right? It's just like that many hits. You take that many hits. You've got to take a day off. So you're looking at 69.8 overall grade for David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, 78.8, obviously advantage. Again, Green Bay Packers, right? Yep. Here's where the, the waters get muddy because I, I do feel that the Bears have possibly the worst wide receiving core in the NFL behind maybe Atlanta. <laughs> and then us kind of in that area, but it's more uncertainty right? When you break it down, their number one is obviously Darnell Mooney, right? They're going crazy over Darnell Mooney. 74.7 grade is pretty damn good, you know, because him and Justin Fields already have a connection, right? Like, so this is going to be your Rogers Devante. Take away Mooney and you'll take away, you'll take away his superpower. And then Byron Pringle is there too. Didn't he come over from Kansas City, I guess? Right? Wasn't he with Kent like the fourth on Kansas City? Pringle? Yeah. Yeah, maybe he was. Yeah. Was it for some Kansas, reason? Kansas, Kansas City? I think so. Packers without borders. 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 The greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Public Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. Check right now, but yeah, that's there too, and then their third is the wide receiver that they picked up in in the draft. He's a rookie, Vellis Jones Jr. His PFF grade in college was a 76.2. Okay, so they've got 74.7 for Darnell Mooney. Byron Pringle, 65.2. And then their third wide receiver is going to be that rookie, 76.2. What I'm going to ask you is, 
who are the top three wide receivers for the Packers? And then we'll compare it that way. Cause I've got all of them. I've got Watkins. I've got Christian Watson. I've got Lazard. I've got Cobb as our top four. Do you agree with that? And Dobbs. I know you want Dobbs on there. Dubs. Dubs. Dooby dooby. Dooby dooby dooby. All right, so give me give me your top three. Tell me who are the three guys are gonna that are gonna lead in snaps out of Lazard, Watson, lead Randall. in snaps or lead in in receptions. No, just the top three wide receivers. Okay, well Cobb will be out there like a security blanket, dang near every play. Okay, right, got to got to have them out there. Lazard is probably gonna go second because of his uh, experience, and then after that. It's going to be a toss-up between uh, the three others, right? right. So Watkins, Watson, and Doobies. I'm going to say at the end of the year, Doobies and then Watkins and then Watson. Okay, so you think Watson I, – I, I, I think I would... it's going to take four or five games for Watson to really get – a grasp. I mean, he is working against Jair. He is working against Stokes, but he's also got to get that whole nuance that Aaron Rodgers has where he's going to look at you and raise an eyebrow. And that's supposed to mean, Oh, do the dig, do the sluggo to come across the middle. You know, those things are going to take five, six games for sure. And he's not going to get a lot the of playbook. Play. Yeah. And he's not going to get a lot of playing time at first, but then Sammy Watkins is probably going to get a little injury or a little drop in ski or a little something, and they'll start getting Watson in there more. But I think Dubis, I think Dubis, Dubis, Dubis is the guy that's going to be consistent enough that he's not going to start he's game so one. Yeah, he's, he's not right. going to start game one. He's not going to start game one, but I bet you by game three or four, he's going to be a starter. All right. And, and no disrespect to Amari Rogers here. Like I'm not, I'm not excluding him on purpose. I'm actually excluding him with purpose because I put Randall Cobb in front of Amari Rogers as the wide receiver to play. Like I'm trying to compare just the top three. So we're going to take Randall Cobb, Al Lazard, and Dobbs for you, right? Yeah. Okay. So seventy-four point seven for Darnell Mooney, sixty-five point two for Byron Pringle, Velas Jones, seventy-six point two in college. So Randall Cobb was a 70.1 advantage Darnell Mooney. So we're going to give him Mooney over Cobb. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Hands down. Okay. Yep. That's fair. Yep. fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Number two for us is Alan Lazard, 64.7 to their 65.2. So their number two Ooh. is better than our number two. So we're going to give him another wide receiver there. And then the third is 76.2 for Velas Jones, regardless of who you throw in there for us. Dobbs was an 88.4 in college, which is yeah. – and Christian Watson was an 87.9. The thing is that when you look at Amari Rogers, Sammy Watkins, all these guys are in the 60s or 80s. You know, they're either – they're just – they're all solid. There's nobody that's bad. Nobody's Tay. Nobody's great. That's, that's where we are right now. And Darnell Mooney at a 74.7 means he's above average. He's almost in the great category as a wide receiver. Will he take the leap? But we're going to have to, believe it or not, give the wide receiver group to the Chicago Bears at this point of the season. Okay? Yeah. All right. Yep. I'm glad you agree just because it's kind of hard because there's so much ambiguity with that. But, but, but see. You know what the issue, though, is, is that at every other position, we're heads and tails better. For sure. Well, so you'll be – like, 
What? Well, let's see. Okay, let's All right. see. So tight ends, not a problem whatsoever. So I've yeah. got Robert Tanyan and, Tanyan and Lewis, Lewis right? And, and Deguara, Mac. I mean, these guys are going to eat. They only have two starting tight ends. So I, who are our top two tight ends? It's going to be... Tanyan and Lewis. There but you go. If, it's, if you're going to go receiving tight ends, because Lewis doesn't go out there and receives. Lewis goes out there and he gives. He gives from the heart. And he punishes those guys. And I love watching the big dog eat. But let's get serious. The big dog's going to catch six, eight balls a year, something like that. And and DeGuara is going to catch three, four a game. So I would say it would be Tunyon DeGuara. Okay. So Robert Tunyon, even it was just limited time, right? But overall, he's going to fall somewhere in the middle of his breakout season that he had two years ago and his 54.6 from last year. So that's what I did. I took an average of his highest grade, lowest grade, 71.6 is his average, okay? PFF grade versus Cole Komet, who's their number one, and I think the guy that everybody's pining for. So it's going to be Tanyan versus Komet. Komet's a 63.4. They don't have any other tight ends that they use. So yeah. It's just a different offense, so we're just going to compare. It's going to be a nice. Point. It's going to be a nice, simple offense. When you get a brand new rookie quarterback like that who's been struggling, and you want to install your offense, you start with let's do a gap blast, b gap blast. Just hand off the ball, left, right, left, right. Okay, now what plays come off of that? Well, the tight end runs a little five and out. Okay, now this time you fake the handoff, right? Like you go over the same plays and you drill it slowly. And it looks exactly the same every single time, which is part of the beauty of of even LaFleur's offense where it's the exact same look, but they run 20 plays off of it. That's it's the same thing that they're going to try to implement with Justin Fields. There's there's a base, right? Like when when I was a defensive coordinator and they were like, okay, design your own playbook. I came up with a playbook and this playbook I use because everybody uses, you know, you got to use cool names, buck, whiskey, cobra, missile, tanks, shark, right? Like all these things on defense. And and I came up, it was three names. And the first name that we used was the defensive line setting. The second name that we used was the linebacker setting. And the third name that we used was for the DBs. Mm-hmm. And, and that way, just if, if I gave the defensive line 10 plays, the linebackers 10 plays, and the DBs 10 plays, just 10 plays, suddenly there was over 142 different combinations or something right. that I could have in defense quickly just by changing the words, right? Mm-hmm. So, but when you install something of like that, you start with the first one for everyone and you run that first one till it's fucking drilled like in. Base. Like yeah, base. base, exactly. Buck Whiskey Cobra was our base. And that was just four man line, fill your gaps. Whiskey was the, the will linebacker was blitzing. The other two were just going to play space zone. Right. And Cobra was the uh, halfbacks. We're going to stay in the cut zone and the and the uh, and the cornerbacks. We're going to go to the, the the full zone in the back. Mm-hmm. Right. So it gave you kind of like a, a, a like a balloon effect Two low balloons in zone, two high balloons in zone and the safety taking the middle. Right. And, and what happened was, is if they ran anything towards the middle of the of the DBs, you'd get a perfect triangle between a DB, a halfback and a safety around mm-hmm. every so you could pick the ball all day long and with whiskey linebacker coming you only had four seconds so, so how would you attack base, that so how would you attack your defense then like how is it that they could beat that formation that you had how would they beat it then would they go outside with like 
back shoulder throws on the sidelines is basically yeah if you pick the sidelines like when you're when you're when you're designing a defense you're leaving here's my big screen that you see my big square screen right in front of you right here right right Mm -hmm. okay so if i attack somewhere that means i'm taking a player off the the defensive field and i'm moving them on to the offensive side so that means there's going to be a hole somewhere in the defense now somebody rushes Right. Yeah. Or because a DB rotates over or maybe he doesn't. And the hole is in the mid zone off to the right hash. You're leaving holes with your mm-hmm. defense. Even when you play man, maybe those holes are lower down, but you leave holes in your defense. That's why they always want the DBs to have everything happen in front of them. That way they don't beat them deep because they're going to bring the safeties up. And that's where the hole in the defense is. If you go over the top, long bomb, it's over. Sure. Right. So you keep guessing, and it's a guessing game. As a defensive coordinator, I'm guessing he's going to go to this side. He's going to use this player. So I'm going to attack here and move my defense over this way. But if he goes back door on me, he's going to be gone. For sure. Right? And that's why you see sometimes these guys line up fucking 95 yards from the goal. They're on their own five-yard line, and they hand the ball off, and the guy runs to the outside and just goes untouched because that defensive coordinator was betting you were going to run right up the middle and I was stuffing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I go off on a little tangent. But, okay. but that's that's you want base in Justin Fields' head. You want base, 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 right? And here's what he's behind. Whereas Aaron Rodgers doesn't need – he won't have base. For sure. Yeah, and here's where I was line. a little bit surprised at their offensive line versus our offensive line because I'm assuming at this point – Right. Like I'm taking our best player. So it's going to be, tell me if you disagree with this line formation and if you want to add somebody else, but this is our, our, our ideal line versus their ideal line. Yep. Runyon. Yep. At left guard Myers at center. Yep. I've got Newman at right guard and I've got Jenkins at right tackle. That's ideal. Ideal. Right. Okay. Good. If Jenkins is available week one. And if not, then you Yash yeah. will probably come. We'll figure. Well, Newman Newman's been playing a little right tackle. Yep. So they push, they bump Newman out, and then they'll probably put Yash inside, or maybe Zach Tom, or maybe whoever, whatever. Zach you know what? Tom. I have in, a feeling Zach Tom. Instanovich. Instanovich. We trust. Instanovich. Sure. We trust. So when you go left tackle to left tackle, we've got David Bakhtiari, ninety-one point eight, the best. You don't left even. You can't even mention anyone else. No nope. Doesn't matter. Yep. Just injury-wise, is he available? That's it. Yeah. Right now, left guard, they've got Cody Whitehair, who's actually their probably their best. Uh, he's a good left guard. He's yeah, a he's, really good left guard. Yeah. He opens so, a lot of holes for Montgomery. It's that versus John Runyon. So uh, sixty four point six versus sixty six point two, not bad. So they're yeah. pretty even. But I'm going to give Whitehair the. You got to give him the little nod because of the running game. Yeah, and then they've got Lucas Patrick at center versus Josh yeah. Meyer. And they are basically it's Myers. It Myers is, all day, every day. But Lucas Patrick, fifty-seven point five. Josh Myers actually scored at a fifty-four point nine. With but a broken finger. That's kind of where I'm getting at. But as a rookie, yeah. to step in the way he did. Where but, Patrick? Where Where did he used to play? Yeah, Green Bay, of course. Oh, what happened? The coaches were like, "Yeah, get him out of here. We'll keep Myers." Yeah, and they basically had the huh. same score, two point difference. Huh. So, so yeah, I called Myers. that a wash. I called it a okay. wash. Okay. And then they've got their right guard. Don't even know. 
Sam Mustafer. Never he heard of him. He opens up some holes. He opens up some holes. He's a big dude. 51.8. Yeah, well. Terrible. Almost was it terrible. his rookie year, year last year? I think it no. was his rookie year. Was it? Maybe. Terrible. I think it Plus, was. Royce Newman, 55.7. Also not great. No, but so, he was also injured and learning the position. We'll same, I think they're in the same boat. I would wash both those out. Let's wash out the center and let's wash out the left guard. I did. And we'll go right to Jenkins versus uh, – They took up a Jenkins as well. So, remember, they drafted Tevin Jenkins. That was their – Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I couldn't think of their name. I was like, it's yeah. not Jenkins. It's not Jenkins. So, Jenkins 92 overall grade in, in college for Tevin Jenkins. Obviously, Elvin Jenkins, 82.1 in his play. Um, but also pulled a – it's, it's a wash. The, right now, what's interesting to me, it's kind of a wash because of the uncertainty of what we've got with Bakhtiari and Eldon Jenkins and losing Billy Turner and having these guys come in. We're This is the first time in a really long time, Matt, if you think about it, where we're not really 100% sure what we're bringing into the season with our offensive line because Billy Turner was, as much as people, whether they criticized him or not, that dude was a Swiss Army knife. He was solid. Like, he was always just lunchbox, Put them wherever you need to. No problems. We lost that. And so we chose Royce Newman, John Runyon, to kind of play those roles. And what's beautiful about our line is it's it's very versatile, right? There's going to be a lot of competition. There's going to be a lot of that. But at this point, prior to training camp, where we're talking about this now, it's a wash on the offensive line, even though I do yeah. obviously feel that ours has a higher ceiling than the Bears. Yeah. Defensive line here on the defensive side is where obviously we know that we just absolutely. Oh, dominate. it's not even close. It's not it's, even close. It's not even it's close, not even but close. there are a couple. And, and there's a, there's talk. There's talk that the Packers might be getting another uh, end rush. Houston. Give me yeah. Houston. Yeah. That's who it sounds like. We might actually get our hands on somebody like that. And, you know, uh, uh, another reporter wrote an article that uh, the major contributor to the Packers uh, recently had, hasn't even been on the roster until about week three or week four. Mm-hmm. So who knows? We've talked about this. We need nine rotating defensive linemen. At least eight. That's what we used when we We're won the seven. Super Bowl. We're at seven. Yeah. We need another. We need another. Because you want to put fresh legs and wear down that old line, right? You want to punch that old line. Like our old line, the whole idea is just to slow down the pass rush. But if you keep throwing in fresh guys, you are not going to slow down that pass rush. And that'll protect the back end as well. Because the only other hole that I see from a depth standpoint, like legit hole, where we're not going to have somebody step up, is safety. I mean, if Amos or Savage go down, we're going to be dealing with Chandon Sullivan, which is okay. But do you really want Sullivan on the back end? No. Uh, who's the other guy? We drafted him in the third round. We drafted a safety. No, we picked up a safety almost at the end of the draft, dude. That's was that it at the end almost, of the draft? Yeah. yeah, it's that kid that looks almost like a linebacker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he'll, be right. he'll be all right. He'll be all right. My okay. real question is: Is Savage? Come on, Savage. Now's the time. Gary is about to go out there and put up a season like you have never freaking seen in your life. This kid is so hungry to dominate. He doesn't have his sights at, I want to be the best linebacker on my team. 
He doesn't have his sights. I want to be the best one in the NFC. He has his sights on. I want to be the best linebacker edge rush that has ever played the game. And this kid looks like he can do it. You know, I agree with you hundred percent. I do think there's, there's been some instances here where we've been lucky as much as we talk about the unluckiness that we've had with a lot of things. I think what really helps Stokes genuinely, and I'm going to say this again, is the fact that, that Jair Alexander did not play an entire season and Stokes was forced to play the one because the Packers are very conservative with their rookies and giving them playtime until they know it. We had no choice with Stokes. That happened with Savage as well. So he's good and he's shown flashes, but this is the year. Like there's no... We're going to find out who Savage is this year, just like we do do with Lazard. Like, we know what Lazard is. Lazard is a solid, big body wide receiver. He's never going to take the top off a of defense. He's never going to do anything like that. And that's where Savage is as well. But here you go, buddy. So it is, we took uh, 7-8 with our first pick in the seventh round. So it was late. It was Tariq Carpenter that you're talking about. Carpenter. So Carpenter, who looks like a linebacker. So he'll probably step in and do fine, but that's why I'm saying they already drafted that position. Unless Enigbar steps up, Kiki steps up, right? Like we've got some depth. Don't forget there's Echo or Eco. There's there's a handful of guys out there, right? And they're playing their second and third year. So, and Quay Walker, his side-to-side speed, sideline-to-sideline speed for Quay Walker, it's ridiculous. Uh, I was watching tape. And, and he is outrunning running backs yeah. to the edge. Yeah. Like, if they turn this kid loose a few times a game, he's, he's going to pick up a few sacks. Are you ready? So let's go down the defensive side of the ball on both sides because this is where it gets fun. So Dustin Jones is there, interior, defensive interior lineman, 57.9, defensive interior lineman, Angelo Blackson, 50.8. Their edge is Robert Quinn at 69.9, and that dude wants out of Chicago. Who doesn't? Yeah, he wants out. So he might not even be on – if I were the Bears, I would take that and get a haul for him is what I would do. Yeah, yeah. And get a bunch of draft picks. You're not going to win anything this year. And I know Robert Quinn is kind of like a loved player. Maybe that's what you're going to build around on the defensive side with your, and that's why you pay him. But if not, and you build around that guy, if not go get a haul for him, right? That's the only player on the entire defense that scores higher at any position than the green Bay Packers. Yeah. They've got, uh, Al Qadim Muhammad, uh, Travis Gibson, Roquan Smith linebacker. So as much as no, he's not. He's good. He's just on a really shitty team. Well, 47.1. Look at Devondre Campbell out in Atlanta. Everybody said, ah, you know, when you're on a shitty team, man, if all you have to make in Green Bay is three stops and then you go sit down on the sidelines while Aaron Rodgers takes the ball for 41 minutes a game, your stats are going to be great. But when you're in Atlanta and you're getting pumped 50 to nothing, your stats are going to be terrible. So right now, Roquan Smith – or Devondre Campbell. Oh, well, it's Campbell. Lights out. I mean, listen to this defense. But Smith is a good – Smith is a good – I was hoping we were going to draft Smith. But, I mean, that's yeah. how it goes, right? We don't. We just don't value linebacker the way that a lot of teams do. And the Packers we are – We did awesome. this year, and we did the year before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally. 
suddenly the defense looks better. Imagine yeah. that, linebackers. Nicholas Morrow is a rookie that they've got for their second linebacker, obviously losing Mac. Um, and then Jalen Johnson is their first cornerback. Kyler Gordon, the rookie that they picked up, is their second cornerback. Tavon Young, Eddie Jackson is their safety. Jaquan Brisker, rookie that they drafted as well. So they've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got five of their rookies projected yeah. starting here. They're going to grab a couple of guys, I think, as they get into camp. They'll get a couple of vets to kind of round it out because it's just too many rookies in the pot. You're yeah. doing you're doing two, you go, okay, that's a little risky. You do three, and it's like, so Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 1,000 yards in the first half? And then it's like, oh, we've got five. Holy crap, boys. Everyone's going to eat. Christian Watson's going to have 900 yards in the first quarter. Dude, it, it, I mean, listen – this defense. So Kenny Clark, yeah. 75.4. Devontae Wyatt, 90.3 yeah. in college. Dean Lowry, 66.8. He's our lowest scoring defensive player at a 66.8. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Rashawn Gary, obviously elite. Preston Smith needs, to, will he replicate what yeah. he's done last year? Right. Do you think? I think he will. I think, I think Bain is the kid. Gary is the kid that drives Preston Smith. Like it. And then Devondre Campbell, 85 overall grade, obviously a number two linebacker in the entire league. Um, and then Quay Walker right next to him at a 71.7 as a rookie stepping in. He's probably going to get a lot of playing time. I, I, I genuinely oh. believe over Barnes. By, by the end of camp, he's going to be that too. That's it. He's the number two linebacker, so that's who I've got starting. Obviously, Jair, 90.7, phenomenal. Eric Stokes, 65.5 is a rookie. I think he played better than that score when you look at it because it took him a little time to start. Razul Douglas, 74.5. Adrian Amos, 74.3. And Darnell Savage, the guy who needs to step it up, 58.4. So you've got Dean Lowry, who's on the cusp that I think they might end up cutting, depending on what it goes, to save that money on the cap and maybe bring in somebody. But he also knows the defense, and then Darnell Savage needs to step it up. So th there, you can see the holes right, right there. It's Lowry and Savage. So we need depth on the line. We need um, our sa our third safety or, yeah, our second safety to step up, and that's it. But overall, so you're predicting let, – let's do official predictions then for the Bears. Versus Seven and the ten. Seven and ten. And finishing what? I think third. All right. Interesting, because I obviously I've got them last, and I've got them going five and twelve, which is why I started with the Bears. I think seven and ten, and I think the Vikings will be six and eleven and fourth. Well, then we're we're going to get to the Vikings next, and like the big game of the year, the big game of the year will be that garbage game, week sixteen or week seventeen, when the Vikings play the Bears, and it'll be for last place in the for NFC. Sure. And the Bears will pull one out, and it'll be the one they shouldn't win, you know? That's probably what's going to happen, but I'm telling either you. way, just wanted to dive. I know there's stats. There's not much that we can do, but just putting pen to paper. All right, buddy. On to the most important part of the show, what everybody's been waiting trivia for. Trivia question. I got a, I got a trivia question. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Setch. Set your Dakota rings to G12. G12, everyone. <laughs> no cheating. Your little orphanani Dakota ring. No cheating, okay? So this is what you're going to do, okay? 
you're going to either go right uh, onto Twitter or wherever you follow us on social media, fa Facebook, right? Twitter at Borders Packers, Facebook, uh, you know, Packers Without Borders. Or you can email us, PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. That's all one word, PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com, okay? First one to give us the correct answer wins. You're in the Sleeper Fantasy League where Bruce is going to have you and your family stay at his house for a whole week. <laughs> it's going to be a live draft in my bedroom. <laughs> no, no, you got to sleep in his garage. Come on. Yeah. No, it, it, we've got we've got a we got a, a bunch of different gifts and whatnot. You know what? Last year, uh, Jeremy won a uh, game. Uh, James Jones. Uh, like an official jersey, of course, number eighty-nine, James Jones, the hoodie. So uh, we'll we'll have some great, great gifts this, uh, great prizes this year. So here we go. Okay, I want to know who has the career, who is the career leader in interceptions of the Green Bay Packers of all time. Career leader in interceptions of the Green Bay Packers of all time. No, Bruce, you don't get to guess. No, Don't, caught or I thrown. See you caught or thrown. Caught or thrown. Caught, caught, caught. Defense, defense. Caught. Caught. The career leader in interceptions. Okay. You tell it. Yeah, because if it's thrown, it's just Brett Favre. That's it. Of course. Yeah, leader, just make it clear because then we're going to get a bunch of Brett. Yeah. We're going to get a bunch of Brett Favres, and then there's oh. technicalities. No, it's defense. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So. All right. I'm showing Bruce. I'm showing Bruce the answer. So Bruce gets it too. First one to DM. I don't care. DM Bruce. DM me. Whatever. You got the answer. You're in. You're the one. Okay. You're the one that's in. And we'll time get it into it. for sure. And we'll time. Yeah. We'll timestamp it and everything. Uh, remember that's uh, Twitter at Borders Packers, uh, Facebook Packers Without Borders, and uh, our email is Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com. Uh, episode 130. Uh, shout out to Audible. Make sure you click on that Audible link. If you have any questions for us for Mailbag Monday, don't forget you can also email us at PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com or send us to us on our DM on Twitter and or Facebook. Saturday. Now I got to go and do a little bit of yard work at my house. Hooray. That's what I'm doing too. <laughs> and I've got, I, I started early this morning and I've got I've already got the edging done. I've got everything. I'm just going to power rake and give it a little blow. And then we're going to jump in the pool and we're going to enjoy a weekend without girls. Sounds good, brother. Don't forget. Patreon.com slash Packers Without Borders. Thank you so much, Mina. If anybody else wants to support the show, bring it. Love you guys. Happy 4th of July. Happy Canada Day. Peace. Go Pack Go. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference. Yeah, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise.
rise to the top, oh yeah. I am the queen. Yeah, let me say it to you. Let me say it out loud. The queen of the crop. I am the queen. I am the queen, yeah. The queen of the crop. I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better.